so uh, Janet and Cleo are back. Well, we've been away for two weeks because we took a little break. We did. Nothing happened to us. We didn't get sick. We weren't in hospital. I went to La Gomera instead. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you, Janet, they were scared of me. Yeah. I was a chicharera and I had dinner with a friend of mine on our second night in Valle Gran Rey. And she said, the people in Valle Gran Rey have this real mixed feeling for their summer because normally their July, August is uh, the money comes from people who come from Santa Cruz to Tenerife, to Tenerife. And they've had kind of almost zero infections and they're worried about the people from Tenerife bringing over the old COVID infection to them. So it's, it's like, like their worries a bigger, a smaller reflection of ours. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like a, um, well, it's a microcosm of our own problems, isn't it? When we have tourists, far more international tourists, perhaps, than La Gomera might get. Um, and yeah, these are the concerns. People coming in yeah. with even, even the fully vaccinated, if they don't have to um, produce a test, which... They don't have to if they're fully vaccinated and they're just coming in on the EU digital passport. They can they can yeah. just come in with it with a, you know proof that they have been vaccinated. And yet you can be carrying COVID even if you're vaccinated. You can you can stuff you can still catch it even if you've had mm. the vaccination. It just means that you don't get it quite so seriously, hopefully. So yeah, I mean there are concerns and people are very concerned. Um, particularly so when you see announcements that the UK is essentially going to start um, an unprecedented experiment in a week's time, exactly one week's time. The world is looking at the UK saying, well, we hope this works. We really, really yeah. hope this yeah. works for yeah. you and for everybody. But Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Um, basically, all the rules lifted, um, even as case numbers are starting there out here to soar again. And as they have a variant that is known to be highly transmissible and potentially more dangerous. So everybody is saying that they hope the, the line the UK government has drawn between commercial need and science is that the vaccination rate is sufficient to yeah. allow Freedom Day a week today despite the variant. And then you look at the scenes yesterday in Wembley and you say, did you take that into account as well? Because that's a bit of a super spreader going on there. Yeah. Um, everybody is basically looking as we are here today with bated breath at the figures because only this morning, President Torres is saying, we really don't want to go to level four, but if they keep going up, we are going to have no choice. We're going. Now, one of the things that you and I, even though we weren't um, podcasting, because we're slightly friends, we still text each other now and then and talk. <laughs> Indeed, we do. <laughs> so, I mean, we were saying what there also has to be, and we've seen it in other places too, because of vaccination. I mean, while we're, we're scared about what's happening in the UK, we also accept that vaccination has changed the goalposts so that we need to look beyond simple infection figures. That, you know, the, the picture has to be wider now, doesn't it, Janet? It really does. And you can see that this is happening all, all over the place. It, it's not just here. It's not just in the UK. It is a general shift. Here we are, what, um, a year and coming up to a year and a half after COVID first started, really. <clears throat> and 
in those early days when they were just trying to get a handle on what the hell was happening to the planet and people and where did it come from was it a wet meat outbreak was it bats was it a was, was it chemical warfare of some description or biological warfare? People were really floundering in the dark and case numbers were an obvious way. At least we can keep a track of what's going on. Now, with increased vaccinations and the main body of people getting it now being the younger ones who are unvaccinated still, which is why they're getting it, perhaps. Yeah. They, however have an advantage in that being younger, they seem to have an innate resilience to COVID so that they are not getting it so severely as the older age groups. And certainly the death rates are way down. Yeah. And there was a prolonged period of months whereby it is felt now, I think, that, the, that young people took advantage of their perceived, not immunity as such, but their perceived um, ability to overcome it easily and they didn't take it quite as seriously as they might have done had they realized that they were at increased risk of long COVID and that seems to be something that's coming out of the woodwork now. Okay. That people, people are identifying long COVID as an issue for the younger generations but the fact is that they have had to wait while we were prioritized for our vaccine. Hmm. They've, had, they've been told well you're not really at that great of risk, you can't have your vaccine yet but you've got to stay in you can see why they are fed up and a bit. Of course, of course. You know, and and, you know. and the, the current new restrictions, which we'll talk about now, maybe in Tenerife, um, seem to be like targeted at the young people. And they are in a, in, in a sense, because what they are trying to do is avoid any after hours gatherings in public spaces where people are drinking out of the same bottles or sharing sharing cups or sharing glasses because they're having a botellón, which is the Spanish street party that a lot of young people have, sometimes noisily, sometimes not so noisily, but the, the Cabildo in Tenerife um, and the government is wants that not to happen at the moment, yes, uh, which is why they, we have current restrictions. Yes, this is why they, they think the numbers are going up, particularly in Tenerife, where it seems to be more of a of a social cultural thing and maybe it's just increased numbers in, in Tenerife. I, I think there's know. more I mean I think I read somewhere as well a couple of weeks ago that uh, in terms of age ratios our infections were almost the same as say Grand Canaria but that we have more young people in Tenerife like exactly. so there is a greater number of younger people in Tenerife so therefore the, the actual number of people rather than the percentage of people with COVID current currently infected by COVID is higher and um, now it's not just younger people um, but but that's why we have restrictions. And I'm reading today as well that just to bring people up to date, they're asking about curfews. The Supreme Court has three days from today to decide whether to grant a half past midnight to 6 a.m. curfew. So yeah. today being Monday, that decision must be made by Wednesday. We, and I we think will, the Canarian government can appeal it as well. Yeah, we will know for certain, certainly on Thursday, I would think, because we, we can expect another cabinet update from the Canarian yeah. government on Thursday in any case. Um, yeah, the, the argument for the, for the curfew is that, as we know, it was part of the 
um, or it was associated with the Estado de Alarma, even though it wasn't a state of emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that came to an end, naturally, the terms associated with it came to an end as well. But the Canarian government tried to continue the curfew. And mm-hmm. the court said, no, 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 no. That was a part of the Estado de Alarma. You can't just continue this. You can't restrict freedom of people. And why do you need to do this? You've got other measures, like you can close bars or you can limit bar capacity or opening hours. As the Canarian government has now said, these young people don't go to bars. They don't need Mm. measures that affect bars or restaurants. These are people who go to bottle parties in the streets. Yeah, Um, on the beaches. Exactly, and they tend to do it late at night. So Mm -hmm. a curfew to deal with the Botteon problem that keeps us all indoors after half past 12 doesn't affect businesses because they're gonna be closed by then anyway. Yeah, and, and you is, and I are old fogies. I'm not going, going to be, be saying to you, anyway. I'll meet you down in Playa San Juan at 1am <laughs> next Tuesday, Janice. Bring a bottle. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> well, in fact, the, the laugh for me was, I don't know who knows me or who knows where I live, but it happened a year and a half ago when this began. There's a thing called a molinillo, and that is these vans with loudspeakers on them. Yes. And Adeje because our infection rates have risen very quickly, decided that not just would we issue a press release, but we were going to have a van going around all of the beaches of Costa Deque, the kind of coastal areas, with messages in English and Spanish telling people that the beaches would close from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So Muggins here has to do the English voice. <laughs> so first of all, it, I get start getting a flurry of texts from people from about three o'clock on Facebook and WhatsApp going, is that you, Cleo? I'm down on the beach in Las America and I'm looking around thinking, where the hell is she? And then to top it all, I got home from the beach at about half three and I was hanging stuff out in my balcony. Now, where I live in Cayo Slovakia, there's, there's road work. So the road is narrow and everything goes very slowly. The pool was full. There was about 15 people in the pool, kids and mums. And from a distance, you could hear this van getting closer and closer. And it was like, something from the Muppets or the comedy movie where somebody <laughs> says the continuing story and everyone's looking thinking, where is that voice coming from and all I could hear was my voice and I had to I could see people on other balconies looking for me <laughs> looking to see was I in my apartment or not when did she get and her I hid megaphone? behind a plant <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like the old you know I, I recognize the face I can't just think of the name now it's I recognize the voice <laughs> yes yeah so they're going, oh, God, there she is again, that Irish one telling us to stay at home. Will she ever shut up? Will somebody take her megaphone away? That's right, please. Put that woman in a home without a megaphone. So anyway, I'm afraid if you heard me yesterday, yes, it was me, but it was recorded. So I wasn't driving around because somebody, a, a smart friend of ours who shall remain nameless was saying, the guy driving the van didn't have a mask on. And I'm thinking, yeah, and he was on his own in the car. But anyway, anyway, so at the moment, the restrictions here in Adeje are, even yes. though you don't have to wear a mask outdoors, you are asked to continue to do so, please, if possible, especially if you're passing anyone in the street, if you're on your own on a, on a country road, you know, but if you're anywhere where you might bump into people, please wear a mask, hands, face and space, isn't that, that's the, the bar message. About it. That's about it. And the, the the simple fact is that I, I've chosen when I've reported the face mask thing to go with the sort of 
you must always have one with you. It, it's obvious. Yes, well, that is ob you know, obligatory. That that is obligatory. So let's let's just look at it. That yes, okay, it is true that providing you're outside and providing there's nobody else around, and providing you've got one and a half meter distance, you don't have to wear your mask anymore. But mm -hmm. in every other situation, you do. Yeah, that you have to carry it with you in case, in 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 case the very likely situation where you do need to put it on arises. So you always yeah. have to have one with you. So I prefer to say, well, you always have to carry one with you, you know, exactly. whether you're wearing it or not, rather than it's, it's oh, they've lifted the rule. Rather than Freedom Day, no more face masks. You know, this is not. Listen, explain then, because um, I've been asked this a few times. The am I right in thinking that the service industry, hotels, restaurants, managed to successfully lobby the authorities? to allow some limited form of indoor dining, even though under level three, it should not be allowed. Yes, they can, um, they can go inside, but with um, distancing and with group numbers limited and table numbers limited, the okay. courts saw no reason to, to finger indoor catering specifically when they, they know where this problem is generated in the main is family get-togethers it's mm -hmm. parties of young people particular weekends and it's botellones and okay. and when the government actually sat down and really had to make the admission it wasn't inside of bars there was the problem okay. anyway so okay. when the court said no you know you can't you have to you're allowed to limit obviously but no more than that the government gave up on that yeah. All right. Well, that kind of brings us very nicely on to part two of our chat today, which is um, Freedom Day in terms of what it might mean for the tourism industry here, because one of the big items of news when Grant Chap spoke in the House of Parliament last week was about travel. And initially, people didn't read the small print, I think, because it seemed to be that what was being said was that from the 19th of July, anybody traveling to or from the UK who had been fully vaccinated, and even if they were coming from an amber country, didn't have to quarantine, but that isn't the case. So let's let's kind of clear that up at the moment. Yeah, it, it sounded like it was the case, but it very quickly transpired that it was not the case, that the announcement that if you were returning to the UK from an amber list country, you would not have to go into quarantine, which you currently do which is essentially just the dumping of the whole ambulist system that's been called for for some time. That is only true if the vaccine you had was given by the NHS, which means that it's for holidaymakers. It's for holidaymakers from the UK going away. And the UK's problem, the political problem for the government was that they had loads of people wanting to go on holiday. They had justifiably countries in an amber list and people not wanting to go into quarantine when they went home. When you go home from a red list country, you have to go into compulsory quarantine in a hotel. In a hotel. They, they check that. But people were widely flouting the amber list requirement, so it appears, because it wasn't policed, it wasn't monitored, and people genuinely can't afford 10 days or whatever, or, or another test for a, a test for early release after five days or whatever, uh, you know. It, and also they were saying, what was the point of being vaccinated? Exactly. So the government basically said that if you were going away on holiday, when you come home, if you've been to Spain, you don't have to go into quarantine. If you've had the vaccine, 
but that means you're a UK resident who's come to Spain on holiday. Therefore, you had the vaccine in the UK. Why are they doing this is a question that I've been asked now <laughs> quite a few times. I don't think it is anything to do with Brexit per se. It's not a revenge thing. It's not groundstanding. What I think it is, is some sort of negotiating stance because they're trying to get a harmonization of documents. Okay. okay. Because the EU's digital green certificate is now in place. It is operating. We can call it a COVID passport, even though they hate the words. It's a COVID That's what it is. It is, yeah. Um, and of course, the UK isn't part of it. And there is disagreement over how what documents the UK can use and how they, and how they would be recognised. Mm. Also, in reverse, as the UK says, what can the UK say when someone comes in from Italy or Greece or Spain or Germany showing they've been vaccinated? How does a border control officer in Heathrow or Gatwick know mm. that that vaccine is the same? It might say AstraZeneca or Pfizer or whatever. So I think this is a way of putting... A, it would be in keeping with the tactics on the Northern Ireland Protocol. They, they are okay. putting pressure, I think, on the EU to come to an agreement over harmonization of documentation. These rules don't come into place into force the, the week. So I think by then we will find that people who've been vaccinated but, in the EU will be able to go and not have quarantine. Because I would have thought that 90% of the people who will be badly affected by this will be UK passport holders who live in other countries, not people who want to go to the UK on holidays as much, but their own citizens who live here or in France or in Germany, uh, who think they can now travel home and suddenly find that they still have to quarantine. So that who it will mostly affect in, yeah, but in my kind of being opinion. Being controversial, I suppose, in, in one respect, they, they don't really care about us, do they? I mean, they have shown with the Brexit vote, with the refusal to let us vote in the general election, with the absolute contempt we seem to have been held in by the Foreign Office at times over the past five years. They don't care. They are concerned mm. about British residents, British nationals resident in the UK, who they want to allow to return without going into quarantine. The fact that we can't go, I don't think they care about us at all. But all right. I think they will in the end, within probably the next week, come to some arrangement where EU vaccines are accepted because let's face it they are the same damn vaccine my AstraZeneca is the same as what my cousin had in the UK it's identical you know made in the same factory exactly yeah exactly yeah. I they'll, mean it is they'll sort it out they were, well hopefully I mean the other freedom day things they just when you read them now having been through a year and a half of COVID things like nightclubs can open uh, pubs and restaurants, no longer table service only. No limit on guests attending concerts, theatre or sports events. Um, you think, wow, really? So it's all over then. It, and because you don't feel like it is. It is a huge experiment and it is not over. What and a Petri dish. <laughs> yes, a national Petri dish. That is exactly what the UK is allowing itself to be. All anyone hopes is that this works because it is a gamble. I hope so. And the, the reason for the gamble are, I mean, there are ideas as to why this gamble is being taken now, because obviously if you keep the rules in place now, you're gonna to have to release them at some point. You're gonna to have to start coming out. Mm. And of course, if you do that at a time when the winter disease market is ramping up, then you really will perhaps 
overwhelm mm. the NHS. And there are good, there are good arguments. Well, let's say there are arguments, and I don't like them. But the if are, not now, when argument? Is essentially, if not now, when? But if not now, then when you do, we are going to have problems we can't cope with. So we are going to have to do it now. And we are going to have to take it on the chin through the summer. Mm. This, given what Johnson said over a year ago, you have to wonder, is this is policy? This is, they're still on herd immunity, in my, in my opinion. They're okay. going for herd immunity. And maybe now is the time. If it'll work, maybe now is the time because they've got a high vaccination rate. They've got one of the best in the world. The EU I mean, I, I, the it would be wonderful if it works. If it works, but it is a gamble. And I it think is a gamble. But, you know, we've, we have been critical on this podcast before of... of uh, policy not just from the uk from other people and this one seems like the biggest gamble of all but i mean what i would say aside if this works and it gives an example to everyone else okay this is now the way that we can go like like the uk did with vaccination i I, I gambled i agree and it is you know we all hope it works and even they recognize it's a gamble i i don't think anybody would say this is not um you know hold your breath cross everything and pray time um yeah. my, my only question really i suppose is not whether they're doing it they are doing it and obviously we all hope it works because if it doesn't work it's going to be catastrophic in more than one country but really is this a way to govern where you take a gamble with so many people's lives like that i i think it's the sort of thing you might do with your own fortune if you wanted to or even your own family but i I can't help feeling it is not a sensible way to be in government. Um, that is for another day, I think, I Janet. I think it because, might be, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you would have millions of people in the UK who would say, good on you, Boris, take the bull by the, the horns and let's take a gamble and we're behind you all the way. I don't know. I no, don't I know. think I, you're right. I think you're right. I think it would be like Brexit and... I think it would be a split down the middle. I, I think yeah. you look at the stories yeah. coming out of the UK now, people are frightened at the approach of Freedom Day. Mm. And there are lots of them, but equally there are very, very many who say it should have happened months ago. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. when you've got a country that's split down the middle, does it matter if you're talking about COVID or Brexit or gun law in America? When you've got countries split down the middle, you need a solution that I don't see coming out of politics as they are right now and that is another mm. topic for another day <laughs> very much so and and not confined to the united kingdom at all oh no not at no. all you, whether you're, you you could be looking at hungary here or yeah. poland or, or, or the united states yeah. yeah or even france with with presidential elections coming up soon there too that that's going to be interesting yeah yeah, yeah. all right well i think it has been concise hopefully hopefully have we clarified things for people? I don't know. I, you've clarified some things for me, which is good. I have apologised for the megaphone politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I it's think- nice to be back. I, I think um, certainly we will do a few more podcasts in July, Janet. We I might take so. an extended break in August, but yeah. we'll be looking at that. I mean, I don't know how you would feel about this and our podcasters might like to tell us but I mean we could maybe take a break in August but record something if there is breaking news or something urgent or people want us to explain something in particular. I think that's a good idea I I think that over the next few weeks certainly 
um, we need to be following things because there is this Freedom Day coming up in the UK. There is going to be um, a, a Supreme, a Canarian Supreme Court ruling this week on, yeah. on a curfew. So yeah. I think there are things that are ongoing right now that we will need to to encapsulate next week, perhaps in a podcast. Okay. I think a couple of weeks over in in August. Let's hope that by then we will not be in level four. Yeah. Well, we we'll, we shall know that. Uh, and if Absolutely. I mean, if there is a level four and a Supreme Court decision that is shocking or startling, maybe we can record a very quick 15 minute piece towards the end of the week or talk about it on English time. Absolutely. Let's see how we and, go. And of course, these podcasts are always on the um, the podcast page on my website, but we, we both tweet them. So if anybody is following yeah. either of us on Twitter, they'll always see when there's a podcast released. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if they want clarification, or if they're, fi- or if they have, we've said this before. If there's things people would like us to address on the podcast, I mean, I know we ha- we had a call recently that we haven't managed to come to today, um, but we can we can deal with that next week maybe. Um, it was about being vaccinated in two countries, I think. That's right. Uh, which is you know which is possible by the way, which is possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can have your first vaccine here, get a paper from your local health centre. And then if you're going back to the UK, bring that paper with you. Because, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, it is the same material that is going into the needles that then goes into your arms. Absolutely. <laughs> Janet, it's been a pleasure. You're looking well and it's been you nice too. to see you. And you. And we will All talk right. again in a week's time if nothing happens in the meantime. And I hope everybody stays safe and stays cool and keep your windows shut because the air is mucky we're having we're going to have a hot 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 not like linton in canada thank no, god it, it, but, it's uh, not that bad it's not that bad. but it'll be hot this week so it'll stay be hot, safe it'll guys be hot week and, and the, the air isn't good so if you've got breathing Drink conditions lots of water lots of water and take care all right bye everybody bye bye